Hi, I'm Kyle on episode 442 of the MWA podcast. Sean, Brian, and myself are asking Paul Jasper the five questions. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out Paul's interview on episode 441. So welcome back to the show, Paul. Hey, thank you. This is great. I love talking to you guys. Welcome. Fantastic. Well, before we get into the five questions, um, who do we have to thank this week? For our Patreon shout out. So our Patreon shout out, uh, a big thanks as always to our Patreon supporters. Uh, this episode, we're giving a big shout out to Buzz Buzzkirk. Well, let's be honest, that's an awesome name. Yes. If you if you would like to support the MWA podcast, you can go to uh, www.patreon.com forward slash MWA podcast. We would very much appreciate your support. Yes. Thank you so much, Buzz. Yep. He did, you know, I told y'all he did confirm that was his real name. A bus yeah. for transportation, Kirk, like the captain of the Federation Starship Enterprise. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's awesome. So anyway, well, let's get into the five questions. So why don't you start us off, Brian? Sure. Uh, Paul, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, you know, I'm lucky. I'm super lucky to have this story to tell you. So when I bought my house in about 2005, across the street was an old an old man named Hal. Hal was about 80 years old at the time, but with the heart of like a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old. And he was a, he was an electrical engineer who had a love of woodworking. And he had a big woodworking shop in his basement. And he had had two daughters who had, had no interest in woodworking and had you know grown up and gone on. And uh, we became fast friends because we lived across the street from each other. And he helped us as first-time homeowners. He's like, I can help you with the plumbing. And like, he was so friendly. And we became fast friends despite the almost 50 year age gap between us. And uh, one day I was in his in his house, you know, with him and his wife. And we went down to his uh, shop in the basement and it was a full woodworking shop. But the kind of woodworking shop that there was so much stuff in the basement, it was like sensory overload kind of shop. There, This is 80 years of like. I'd say it gets 50 years. Yep. Of, uh, Sounds like your shop now. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> the student is the master. Yeah. And I had like start, I was like, I was dumbfounded. I'm like looking left and right. And I just, I don't even know what to look at. And he goes, wow. He goes, wow. Your eyes are really big, Paul. And he goes, do you want to, I can't, what is this? What is that? Like, cause I'm a very mechanistic kind of guy. Like, you know, as a scientist, you think mechanistically. And so like the idea of making things and woodworking, it like makes a lot of intuitive sense. And he says, do you want to make something? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to make something. Let's do this, you know? And so then I came home from work. I came home from lab the next week and Hal had drafted our, a stool just out of his out of his brain and he goes we're going to make a stool together and it's going to teach you what all the different machines do it's going to teach you about joinery it's going to teach you about routers and how basically i i was super lucky to have that sort of master apprentice you know learn from the old generation and i was super fortunate and i had Hal for the next two years and he helped me build my shop poor like the, the garage where my shop is was nothing more than a dirt floor no electricity no nothing he dug the floor out poured concrete made a workbench electrified it he was an electrical engineer he taught me like how to wire it and then i lost him you know eventually due to you know heart disease eventually and but you know his spirit uh, lives on in the gift he gave me that's astounding that's a great story yeah I mean, what a i i want to say fortunate but i don't think that captures it like that is a what a find in a neighbor. That's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. We've we've talked a lot about human connections, so I guess it all started with yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure from his perspective, it was fantastic too. Someone to actually pass his knowledge on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did as much as I could for them while they were alive. You know, I, I tried to help them almost like they're you know children as much as I could to repay the generosity that I was shown. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Fantastic. Well, uh, let's move on to what's your favorite tool? Okay, so I'm not all right. I'm an art guy. I'm all about art and mm-hmm. making, right? I, I'm just so, I'm so exhausted with tool talk, jig talk, technique talk. Like I'm just over it, right? But, but I'll make an <laughs> exception for this, uh, this segment. I have an infill plane made by Conrad Sauer, Sauer and <sighs> Steiner. And Conrad is an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. He is. Our art. Yeah. Yes. But, that doesn't mean they don't function. <laughs> they no, they, function. they are they are very functional and very art. And yes, and Conrad's a, a close friend of mine, and I knew this is something I I wanted in my life, and I have a smoother by him, and I use it every day. I do not baby it. It sits on my bench. It gets abused. It gets used. It gets dinged. It gets dirty, and Conrad loves it, and I love it. I reach for it every single day because it is absolutely head and shoulders different than a typical like i have the full array of stanley planes that's fine mm-hmm. and i still use them but these are different planes and they, yep. they mm-hmm. function differently and that is absolutely my favorite tool oh, yeah yep. I, I used to he used to be always at you know the um woodworking in america shows mm-hmm. back when they had those and i uh someone told me one time he goes do not try that out unless you can afford it because as soon as you try it, you're going to want one. You're going to want one. True. The, the same goes for Ron Breeze. Uh, there's a couple that yeah. that it was. And I did. I think I used one of Conrad's and I used one of Ron's in, in demonstration at, on the shop floor uh, at a show. But uh, beautiful, beautiful tools. Uh, and, but beautifully functional tools. Yes. Like you said, these are things they, as, as, as much as they put into them and as, as uh, frankly, expensive as they are, they are they those kind of makers they they intend for them to be they're not supposed to be shelf pieces um they're just I too lit- often they, i think too often they are shelf pieces and what conrad loves is like in so many of my pictures and videos you see that plane just kicking around mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. kicking around on my bench like like amongst like you know a bag of potato chips and a coffee or like you know, <laughs> wood shavings and uh but yeah they're, they're meticulously designed and functional. I mean, they're they're those are very very nice pieces. I just so, like watching his French polishing videos for those. Yeah, when he does the tote and everything. I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think just I grab think, popcorn and watch this all day long. It, it you know his his metal working is fantastic, and I I love the fact that he does that thing. Like I I could find legitimate offcuts in somewhere in my shop that would be all the wood he needs to make an infill plane. It uses a handful of wood not board feet a handful of wood to do that and so he does all the mesquite and other beautiful like you know figured and 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 intricate uh hardwoods that he uses they're they're all beautiful and the french polishing just shines them up even better now i don't know if you know this about conrad but he is like classically trained in art like i think he went to art school and him and i I talk about art all the time and i don't uh, i also don't know if you know but he's a huge enthusiast of porsche Yes, cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so many of the curves that come from Porsche automobiles inform his plane, and so it is. 
I mean, that that kind of bringing art into woodworking, you know, you guys already know from the last episode, that speaks to my soul, mm -hmm. right? And to have someone else's amazing perspective, you know, Conrad is, he's a complete package. Like he's an artist, he's exceptionally talented in terms of exiguous planes are, are both art and function equal. Mm -hmm. Really, truly awesome. Yeah, I think uh, the last time I spoke with him, now he wouldn't know me for from Adam, but um, he did mention that him and his son, I believe, were uh, refurbing an old Porsche. Did they get that done? Yep. Uh, I yep. don't know if they finished it, but definitely. Yep. I mean, he's always working on something, and his kids are definitely involved in some of it. So cool. So cool. So next, uh, next question. Like, and you did talk about this a little bit, so it might be a brief story. But who yep. has influenced you the most? I'm going to have to give that to Takashi Murakami because without seeing that sort of radical reimagining of the status quo, I'm not sure Copper Pig would have ever started. Mm. And to be honest, when I first started Copper Pig, I started with flowers, flowers made out of like decorative veneers, right? Mm -hmm. And that's Takashi Murakami does flowers. I don't know. The, the smiling flowers are a big motif of his. And I thought, you know, Let's just start. I'm just going to start by bringing in flowers into woodworking. Now, there's two parts to that I want to talk about, which is one, um, I got got mocked. Brian, you <laughs> talked a little bit about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're afraid yeah, we to be mocked. And a few of my woodworking friends were like, oh, Jasper's into the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got some of that. I'm not even joking. And you just have to be like, listen. This is going to be awesome. This is like the very first street post of Copper Pig. If you go back way back in the it's serving boards, a few inlaid flowers. And my friends were mocking me. And they're like, I don't know what you're doing, Jasper. You're crazy. And I was like, I know this is the right direction. And sure enough, they were the ones who asked to buy those serving boards. And I didn't yeah. I even charge them. I gave it to them for free. And, <laughs> you know, I think, it, and then they became my biggest supporters. And so what starts as something foreign that you might mock or laugh at becomes something like, holy shit, there was something there in terms of mm -hmm. art and design. So they became my biggest supporters. So you, you have to sort of stay the course uh, and the flowers. And the second part about the flowers, uh, and Takashi Murakami um, influencing me is about how does one approach design in general? And I want to say that novel design doesn't just start out of a vacuum. It's not like you're sitting there in your armchair and some amazing design idea just pops That's out of nothingness. Right. I think we all start from something we see and we either copy it to get our feet wet, right? You, I mean, copying is okay. I'm like, I, I, I'm not saying you should copy and monetize on someone else's idea, but I'm saying copying just to understand the lexicon to sort of get your feet wet and then evolve it in your own way, in your own language, evolve it forward. And Kyle, I remember you said earlier, how much of evolution is enough mm -hmm. that it's a unique piece, that it's yours, right? And that's, uh, there's no answer to that. It's a gray, yep. gray area. Right. You have to decide for you. But that speaks to the point that design doesn't start in a vacuum. It starts from other ideas that you iteratively evolve forward or you combine with different ideas. Let's take music. There is no sequence of notes that is unique that hasn't been played before. Right. Like mm -hmm. no notes have been played millions and billions of times over, but it's their combinations that are unique. And I see woodworking like that. 
It's the combinations of elements that are unique. Is a dovetail unique? Hell no. But is a dovetail in this type of cabinet, with this type of wood, with this type of pyrography, is that somewhat unique? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to put that out there for people struggling with design. Don't be too hard on yourself. Start with something you see and you like. Take that. Copy it. And then say, put your own flair on it, right? Or merge it with another idea. And by the way, you know, perfectionism is not the goal. Consistency is the goal. Don't let perfectionist tendencies stymie you. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be the best you can do today. It's so much better to be consistent day to day than it is to be try to be perfect because that will absolutely uh, crush your sense of progress. So mm -hmm. that's sort of my advice that, you know, about design that I, it all harkens back to the Murakami flowers that started the whole thing for me. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. That's great. All right. So question four is what is your biggest stumbling block? <laughs> As a scientist and uh, my stumbling block is analysis paralysis. <laughs> Do you guys know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Over overthinking it. Yep. Yep. So I was there to today, so matter of fact. I used to do so much research that I would find myself eight to ten hours later, having read the internet for eight to ten hours, and I'd be so exhausted and so pissed off that I never even started. And I'm like, this is not a good pattern. So I promised myself I'm gonna anytime I buy a tool, anytime I'm gonna try something or a new technique or a new whatever, I'm gonna limit myself to 30 minutes to an hour of research. And after that, it doesn't matter. I'm done. And I'm just going to try it. If that means I spend a little extra time, fine. If that means I don't have the most perfect tool, that's fine because I'll figure out what better I need through trying it as opposed to analysis paralysis. So I have worked hard to unstick myself from that tendency. Powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. So how has the internet influenced your work? Um, Instagram is the single most warm amazing community of artists i have found anywhere the my save my saved items folder is chock a block full of inspiration that i could draw upon for the next 50 years i think oh, wow. from posts from other fields other artists like paints architecture architecture i love architecture. why do we not bring architecture or woodwork in oh they make the most beautiful forms ever and we are like barely scratching the surface. I watched Masterclass with Frank Gehry, you know, the 90 something year old architect now, <laughs> the most uh -huh. inspiring lecture. I've watched it five times because I can't get enough of his message. So, I mean, whether it's Instagram or wherever you find, you know, documentaries, um, Nery Oxman, who is a faculty at the MIT Media Labs who integrated biology with architecture, with engineering, with design, like that kind of synthesis of ideas comes from so many sources and it is an endless well of inspiration for her, the work. I, I have so much saved, I don't know that I'll ever run out of ideas from now to the end of time. <laughs> awesome yeah it's yeah i'm the same way with my safe stuff and it's organizing it that is the uh epitome of uh brutality i think it's just like <laughs> all right all right how many different folders do i have to have where do i need to put these things and yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well with that um so uh where can folks find you on the interwebs paul 
my Instagram is probably the best place, which is at copper underscore pig underscore fine underscore woodworking or my uh, website, uh, copperpigwoodworking.com. Fantastic. Brian, what about yourself? Uh, Instagram as well for me at Obst Woodworks and Obst is O-B-S-T. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Uh, you can always find me at barton.kyle uh, or BB Custom Tools on Instagram or bbcustomtools.com or on YouTube under BB Custom Tools or Kyle Barton. Sean, what about yourself? Well, you can find me on most social medias at SeanW78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.